0: The second reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 11, to chapter 6, verse 12. And it can be found on page 1257 of the Pew Bibles. Warning against falling away. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away to be brought back to repentance, because to their loss, they are crucifying the son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case. Things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. This is the word of God.
1: Uh, Good morning, Uh, my name is Ollie and I'll be preaching this morning. Uh, So thanks thanks for having me and as John said, Um, I appreciate your gentleness and patience. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll make a start. So let's pray. Father, thank you for revealing yourself to us in your Son and in your Word. May you open our hearts now as we come and look at your Word. Help us to respond accordingly through the work of your Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well. I've now had my license for about 15 years or so, uh, including my L's. And do you want to know something amazing? I have never been lost while driving. Now, I I like to think that that's because of what I call my man sense. And so that's an innate manly ability, an instinct to always know where I'm going, even if I've never been there before. So I like to think it's my man sense. But I suspect what it actually is, is that I'm good at using one of these. So I don't know if you guys know what this is. Uh, Those of you who are young may not know what this is, but basically what it is are Melways. So it's a map of all of Melbourne. I think there might also be some of Victoria in there as well, but I don't go to the country, so I don't know. But it does have all of Melbourne. And so what I used to do when I was going anywhere was I'd sit down and I'd make instructions because the issue with a map is that you can't actually read it while you're driving, can you? So it's hard to sit in your car... And have this open, on your lap, kind of looking where you're going, while steering at the same time, you're going to hit into something. And so what I used to do was sit down with it beforehand, and I would make instructions. And so I'd say things like, I'd get a bit of paper, and I'd put on there a big L in a circle, which means turn left. And so it would be big L, and it would say, turn left at Cooper Street. And then it would be, go past four roundabouts and turn left at Henderson, or whatever it was. And so I'd map it out beforehand, and all of it was quite effective, so I never got lost. Uh, since then, I've upgraded from a Melway's uh, notes to a wife and an iPhone, uh, but the point is still the same. Instructions and maps help us to avoid getting lost. And so what we see in Hebrews chapter 5 and 6 is a little bit like that. It's a map with instructions to help us avoid getting lost on our Christian walk. And this is way more important, though, way more important than the Melways, because in one sense, who cares if I get lost? If I'm in my car and I'm driving along and get lost, it doesn't matter. I might be a little bit late to where I'm going. I might get a bit stressed that I'm late. But ultimately, I'm going to be okay. There's no huge issue. But if we get lost on our walk with God, then it absolutely matters because this is about our eternal destination. This is about where we're going to spend all of eternity. And so we definitely do not want to get lost. Sadly, though, lots of people do get lost so have you ever noticed that there's way more people who come through church than stay in church have you ever noticed that there's so many people that grow up in a christian family but then stop going to church why is that well it's because they got lost they got lost on their walk with god and so it's so important that that's not us and so what we see in hebrews chapter five and six It's instructions. It's a map. It's got three simple instructions for us. It says, firstly, if we're not moving forwards, then we're actually moving backwards. Secondly, if we're moving backwards, then we can't move forwards. And thirdly, don't stop moving forwards. There are simple instructions on how to avoid getting lost on our walk with God. And so our first instruction, if we're moving backwards, if we're not moving forwards, we're actually moving backwards. And so that's what we see with the Hebrews here. They've been Christians for a while. They're not new converts. They've been well taught. They should be moving forwards. But instead, they have stagnated. Have a look at chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. See, they should be moving forwards and maturing. They should even be getting to the point where they're teaching other people. But they're not. They're stagnated. And so I suspect, though, that we think look at this and we wonder, why is this an issue? Why is it an issue to just be still, to not be moving forwards? Surely it's better than moving backwards. Why is this an issue? Well, I think that the the reason is because there's only two options. There is no such thing as standing still. And so, uh, I don't know if you know who Leon Morris is, but he's a famous Christian author, and he put it like this. It's one of the basic things about the Christian way that we rarely stand still. We either progress in the faith or we slip backwards. See, there is no such thing as standing still. Either we're moving forwards or we're moving backwards. And so if we're not moving forwards, then we must be moving backwards. See, there's no such thing as stagnating. There's no such thing as not moving forwards. And so it's so important that we avoid being like this. And so to help us understand a bit about why it is, we're given two pictures, two illustrations to help us see why this is such a big issue. The first picture we're given is it's like a baby that never moves past milk. And the second picture we're given is it's like a building or foundation that never gets completed. So firstly, the baby. Have a look at verses 13 and 14. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So it's not that milk is bad. In fact, in fact, milk is great, especially for babies. But we move on past milk, don't we? Imagine someone who never moved past milk. So they're born and they start on milk. That's good. But then as he gets older, he goes to school. And he gets to school, it's lunchtime, and he gets out his lunchbox. All the other kids are getting out their lunchboxes and they've got chocolates and donuts and party pies and all those kinds of things. I can see what kind of parent I'm going to be when I'm a dad but they're giving out all this amazing food and what does he do he gets out his lunchbox, and inside his lunchbox, it's just filled with milk I don't know how he doesn't spill it out of it as he lifts it up and drinks it but somehow he doesn't there's just milk in there how weird is that imagine that he eventually graduates despite his unhealthy eating style he somehow gets old and he graduates and he meets a nice girl and so he asks her out on a date and he takes her to the fanciest restaurant there is. Our first date is the most important one, so he's got to impress her. And so that's his shout. She's having caviar or lobster or something good. But what's he having? All he's having is a glass of warm milk. Despite being so weird, he somehow convinces her to get married to him. They get married and eventually she falls pregnant and they have a beautiful baby daughter. They're all standing around at the hospital, celebrating. All of his friends have champagne glasses and they're drinking their champagne. But what does he have? A fancy crystal champagne goblet filled with milk. I mean, how ridiculous would that be? Someone never moving past milk, only ever having milk. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? But I wonder if that's what we're like sometimes in our Christian walk. I wonder if sometimes we're just content with milk and staying on milk. But if that's the case, then we're just like a baby, just like a person that never moves past milk. And so the problem is with that is it's so unhealthy. It's not good for you. You're never going to grow and develop and get bigger and stronger. You need proper foods. You need meat and vegetables and solid foods. It's the same with us. We need spiritual solid foods. And so if we're not, if we're not moving on to spiritual solid food, if we're not moving forwards, we're actually moving backwards. Now, the second picture we're given is a picture of a building that's never finished. The foundation is down, but it's got nothing else. Have a look at chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. Instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. So, what's the foundation here? Well, it's the gospel. This is nothing new. If you've been a Christian for a while, this is nothing new. What is it? That we need to repent from our sins. We need to have faith in God. And that if we do, we're baptized or washed clean from our sins. And accepted into God's family, and if that happens, then we will get re- resurrected from the dead. And if it doesn't, then we face judgment. This is not new. This is the gospel. And so we need to move on. We need to move forward. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Oli, does that mean that it's not important? Does that mean that we move on from the gospel onto more important things, leaving behind the unimportant gospel? Well it definitely doesn't mean that, does it? Because it's the foundation. And so we don't move past it because it's critical. The foundation is critical. A few years ago Cassie and I got a house built and so it was a lot of fun getting it built and stressful as well but a lot of fun. The best thing about it though was going and watching it being built and so we used to go there about once a week or so um, there's a photo of us, so it's taken on an old phone, so it's um, not the greatest photo, but we used to go there and we used to see what they'd done each week. So we'd watch them put the foundation down, then the next week they'd put these wooden walls up, and then the next week all sorts of things. Uh, the most exciting bit was the time I climbed up onto the second floor on this dodgy builder's ladder and walked around there while there was no walls. It was just a second floor with no walls. It was a lot of fun. But do you know what the first step is that they do? They put down this giant cement slab as the foundation. And that's the most important part. If they muck that up, then everything else is out. If the angle of that is off, if the dimensions are off, if the placement is off, if any mistakes on the foundation, then the whole house is off. The whole house won't work. And it's the same here. The gospel is the foundation. It must be correct. We must get the foundation correct. But we don't just stop there. We don't just stop at the foundation. Imagine with my house. Imagine the builders pour the big cement slab, they get the foundation down, and then just pack up and leave. They don't put the walls on, they don't put doors, they don't put ceilings, they don't put anything. Just the foundation, and then off they go. How ridiculous would that be? The house isn't doing what it's meant to do. It's not being a house. And it's the same with this. The foundation is the most important thing. The gospel is the most important thing. But we need to build on it. We need to keep building on it. And if we stop and think about it, it makes sense. If we're not building on it, if we're not moving forwards, we're actually moving backwards. And so think about it. It takes a deliberate, conscious effort to move forward. So it's Sunday morning and it's cold outside. I'm feeling sick. It's hard to get out of bed. And so I just stay in bed and skip church. Now, that's okay, but what's going to happen next week? Next week, it's going to be easier to skip church again. And then the week after, it's going to be even easier. If I'm not deliberately putting effort into moving forwards, I'm going to be moving backwards. Well, think about it. I'm at work and a big issue comes up. Instead of turning to God first in prayer and then sorting it out, I just go straight to trying to sort it out myself. What's going to happen next time a big issue comes up? well, I'm going to try and sort it out myself first without turning to God. And so if we're not deliberately, consciously attempting to move forward, then we, by default, slide backwards. If we're not moving forwards, we're actually going backwards. Well, that's the first instruction we're given. The second instruction is if we're moving backwards, then we can't move forwards, which is obvious, isn't it? opposite directions you can't go two directions at the one time so if we're going backwards we can't move forwards and I think the danger of this is quite obvious it's quite clear I mean think about it consider this are there people you know who used to go to church but don't go to church anymore do you think there have been people that you've sat at sat with in Sunday school or sat with in Bible study or sat with in church Who are no longer christians who are no longer walking with god if your answer to that is yes then isn't that sad isn't that sad that there's people who used to go to church but don't anymore and so if we know of people like that then we realize how important this passage is what a big thing this is this matters and the question then is how do i avoid making sure how do i make sure that that is not me how do I make sure that I avoid becoming like them? Now, of course, I get down on my knees and I pray to God that God would have mercy on them and bring them back. But how do I make sure that it's not me? How do I make sure that in five years' time it's not me that people are talking about? It's not me that people see that it's no longer coming to church. Even though I've gone to church my whole life, how do I make sure that I won't slip away? Well, it's by remembering our instructions. By remembering, if I'm not moving forwards, if I'm moving backwards, I can't move forwards. I remember this and I avoid getting lost. That's what we see in verses 4 to 6. We see what it looks like to be lost in your Christian walk. Have a look. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance, because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. See, who's that describing? What is that? Well, that's people who went to church, people who have tasted and experienced God's power, People have seen God doing mighty works. But they've fallen away. People who look like they were part of church, but weren't. They looked like they were committed, but they weren't. In other words, these were fakes. These were frauds. These were people who were putting on a show, but weren't actually genuine. They were just misleading everyone. And surely we don't want to be like this. Surely we don't want to be like these people who are frauds and fakes. Surely, we don't want to be moving backwards. Because if we are moving backwards, we can't move forwards. See, if that's us, then we're just like these frauds and fakes. But worse than that, did you notice the language it uses to describe what they're doing? It says that they're crucifying the Son of God again. Imagine that. Crucifying God's Son again. Bad enough that Jesus had to be crucified once for our sins. But imagine trying to crucify him again. Imagine holding him down and trying to put the nails into his hands, lifting him up on the cross to be mocked and spat on. Imagine trying to do that again. Imagine how God feels about people trying to do that again. But that's what we're in danger of if we're moving backwards. If we're moving backwards, we can't move forwards. Now, if you're anything like me, there's a big question that comes up when you look at that. Is this talking about genuine Christians? Is this talking about genuine Christians who have fallen away? Does this mean I can lose my salvation? Well, I think the answer is that this is talking about the covenant community. This is talking about church. This is talking about the gathering together of people. And so within every church... There are people who are genuine Christians and people who just appear to be Christians. And so at some stage, the people who appear to be Christians but aren't will be shown up to not be Christians. So, how do I avoid being one of those ones who will be shown up to not, being a, to not be a Christian? Well, it's our instructions. If we're not moving forwards, then we're actually moving backwards. And if we're moving backwards, then we can't move forwards. See if we remember that and if we persevere then it won't be us because in one sense it doesn't actually matter if this is talking about genuine Christians or not. All that matters is that we're not like these people described here. That's all that matters and if we keep moving forwards then we won't be like the people here. We won't get lost. We won't fall away. We won't be like the bad soil that's described in verses 7 to 8. Have a look. Land that drinks in rain often falling on it and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. See, none of us want to be the bad soil. None of us want to be known for producing thorns and thistles. We don't want to be like that. Why would we want to be like that? But if we're moving backwards then that's what we're in danger of becoming. We're in danger of becoming land that just produces thorns and thistles and is waiting to be burned. If we're moving backwards, we can't move forwards. So our are first two instructions. Our final instruction then is don't stop moving forwards. Whatever we do, don't stop moving forwards. Have a look at verses 9 to 12. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. See, did you notice the language it's using? It's deliberate, conscious language. Verse 11, be diligent. Verse 12, don't be lazy. See, this is about effort. This is about actually consciously working at it. Don't stop moving forwards. Don't stop moving forwards in our love for God. Don't stop moving forwards in our love for God's people. Don't stop moving forwards. So instead of being complacent and thinking that everything's going to be okay, we need to consciously and deliberately keep moving forward. That's how we avoid being lost. Now, that sounds good, but often it can be difficult to figure out what does that look like? How do I keep moving forwards? Well, we're told what to do. Verse 12, we're told imitate others. Look to others who are mature and moving forwards and imitate them. Look to see what they do as they're moving forwards and imitate them. Imitate them in their love for God and in their love for others. In God's kindness, there's plenty of people like that here at St. Stephen's. There's plenty of older men and women who are mature in their faith and moving forwards. And so we can imitate them. We can look to them. We can see what they do and imitate them as they grow in love for God and love for God's people. See, that's how we avoid getting lost. We imitate them and we don't stop moving forwards. So that's our map, that's our instructions. We've seen if we're not moving forwards, we're actually moving backwards. If we're moving backwards, then we can't move forwards. And don't stop moving forwards. I wonder, how are we going at this? Are we moving forwards in our walk with God? See, am I growing in my love for God every day Am I growing in my love for God's word every day? Am I marvelling at God's goodness every day? Or have I called? Have I stagnated? Am I moving backwards? Every single one of us needs to reflect. Where are we and where have we come from? Because that's how we know whether we're moving forwards, isn't it? We look at where we've come from. We look behind us and see where we've progressed from. And so we need to reflect. Am I more mature in my walk with God today than I was six months ago? Have I learned more about God today compared to where I was a year ago? Do I love God more today than I did two years ago? Where have I come from and have I moved forward? See, we must reflect on that. We must answer the questions. Because if we don't, we're in danger of falling away, of getting lost. The danger is just too big to ignore. If I'm not moving forwards, then I'm in danger of falling away. As we close, I want to share with you a story about two brothers that I know. Two brothers, I went to church with them and so I've known them since I was about five or so. They grew up in a Christian family with good, godly parents. They came to church every week. They sat through Sunday school, youth group. They came to church and learned. So these are people, These were two boys who uh, had all of the blessings, all of the benefits of growing up in a good Christian family. But as they got older, they went on different paths. So one of them got lazy in his walk with God. He stopped putting effort into reading God's word and spending time in prayer with God. He stopped putting effort into Christian friendships and developing those. He stopped putting effort into coming to church. He even started dating a non-Christian girl. And so eventually what happened? He just stopped coming to church to the point where now he wouldn't even consider himself a Christian, wouldn't even claim to be a Christian. What happened? He stopped moving forwards. He stopped putting effort into his walk with God. And so he got complacent. And eventually he drifted away. How sad is that? What heartbreak for his parents to look at their son and see him drift away. What heartbreak for his Christian friends to look at him and see him drift away. What heartbreak for God to look at someone who used to claim to know him drift away. The danger is so great. His brother, though, was the opposite. So his brother put lots of effort into his walk with God. He made sure he focused on reading God's Word and spending time in prayer. He made, he made sure he put effort into building his Christian friendships. He joined a Christian union group when he went to university. He even, not only did he keep going to church, he even started serving at church. So he deliberately and consciously put effort into moving forwards in his walk with God. And so what happened? He did. He did. He grew and he matured. He got stronger and stronger in his walk with God. He avoided complacency. He kept moving forwards. What joy for his parents to look at him and see him maturing and growing in his walk with God. What joy for his friends, what joy for God to look at one of his children who's moving forwards in their walk with him. That's what happens if we don't stop moving forwards. That's what happens if we deliberately put effort into our walk with god and so we all need to stop and reflect how am i going am i moving forwards or am i moving backwards let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you for hebrews 5 and 6 we thank you for the map and instructions that you give us in your word here We ask that you would help us to be deliberate and conscious in our efforts to grow, in our efforts to move forward, in our efforts to build our relationship with you. Please have mercy on us and help us not to get complacent or lazy. Help us never to to think that things will be okay and we can just coast along. Please give us the desire and the energy to keep moving forwards. And please protect us and help us not to fall away. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.